We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we are looking at the Night Stalker episode three. A nervous young woman takes a bus to an unsavory part of town and arrives at a creepy old abandoned house. She's met by two young men who seem to be known to her. Soon, they're attempting to drown her in a bucket of water. She escapes and hides from them, but the shower door she's hiding in mysteriously closes on her, and the shower fills with water, killing her. When she's found, she has all the symptoms of drowning, but no water in her lungs. This brings Carl Kolchak to the story. The story looks more straightforward to Perry. There is evidence that others were in the house. The victim, Liza, had bruises on the back of her neck, consistent with violence, and an overturned bucket of water makes it look as if someone deliberately murdered her. Kolchak finds signs of paganistic rituals and follows that angle. As the clues mount up, it is revealed that the three people in the house were initiates in a secret society known as Three. To join, each had to face their greatest fear. As each of the initiates and their secret society faculty advisor keep dying in a manner consistent with their greatest fear, Kolchak pursues the supernatural angle, while Perry works at making sense of a story that she sees as a secret society initiation gone wrong and possibly a wholly human-driven series of murders. In the end, Kolchak realizes that the creepy old house was the greatest fear of Jack, the one remaining initiate. As a child, he lived in that house, and his father brutally axe-murdered his family, except for his younger brother and him. He hid himself and his brother in a cupboard to escape, but the brother died of fear. And it is that fear that permeates the house that was unleashed by the initiation and is now killing the people. Kolchak and Perry save Jack from being fear-murdered by his dead father, and the story is resolved. Later, Kolchak burns down the house. Okay, three. Three. <laughs> what did you think of three? Well, in some ways, I really, really thought this was a, a step up, and I thought that the, the chemistry between Kolchak and Perry was really good in this. And there is, there's, a, there's definitely a decent story chugging along. Or, I mean, it's not just that it's a decent story. It's that there's something interesting for the characters to pick at in it. Because initially we get something that appears to, as you say, to Kolchak to be something with a supernatural explanation and to Perry to be something with a psychological explanation. And I, and I like that aspect of it. When you, when you have the drowning... Uh, or the, the dry drowning, mm -hmm. that could be a result produced by the fear. Or the drugs. Or the drugs, indeed. Um, or a combination of the, the fear and the drugs. Mm -hmm. Or it could be some, you know, some, some, some kind of projection or, th or some third-party telekinesis-type voodoo thing, um, which, you know, we don't quite know about yet. And so each... It, you, they're written so that each one has reason to follow what they're doing. It's not just, you know, a complete shot in the dark, uh, super duper uh, lucky jump of uh, insight or whatever. Mm -hmm. yep. And I, I, and that and that would be that that would be very good. 
but there are there are other aspects of the way this is told. Can, can I? I don't want yeah. to. I just want to say that I, it's interesting you use the word pick at because my first and foremost note here is that what I like in this is that they are following, well, let's call them clues, but they're following a trajectory towards the end of this story. They do not know what it is at the beginning. They are each following the evidence they find. They each have to incorporate, you know, Perry and Kolchak, they each have to deal with what the other person has discovered and incorporate it into their hypothesis as they're going. And, you know, we have no idea what happened at the beginning of the story. This is not like a vampire is killing people and Kolchak finds a vampire. Yeah. We, we don't know. They are, they are growing and changing their plan as they go along in this story. And I like that. That's much better than what we've seen before. So for me, that also a step up. But go ahead yes. and now break that down. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, in, in, in that it, it is crafted and there are, there are things in those opening scenes that we will come back to, I think, um, that pay off. I think that that's, that's a nice bit of well-constructed story. I like the fact that, as you say, we don't quite know what's going on initially in that house. And yet when we do, we realise what it is that we've seen. But what seems to undermine some of the drama of it for me is that this ought to be a story that's about the process of, of, of discovery. It ought to, first and foremost, it ought to be about the way in which Kolchak and Perry are each piecing together the evidence, trying to fit it in with their theory, adapting their theories to... Be, because there, although there is a, there's, a, there's a competitiveness and there's still some of that prickliness from episode one that I liked mm -hmm. in, in that they want their theory to be right and they want the evidence to support their theory, they're not in a kind of, um, you know, old... The, the way the Oakland Vincenzo would have, if, if Kolchak brought him some facts that he didn't like, he would just disregard those facts. And they're not doing that. They're taking those, they're taking those facts on board and adjusting their, their, their theory. So to me, that's what should be at the centre of the story. But what we get, in fact, is the, 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 as an audience, is, is we get let in on the secret because we get to see conversations between the... Uh, you say antagonists initiates. or yeah the the the, the, initi the initiates um stroke victims stroke <laughs> perpetrators uh, or whatever they may be um we don't know exactly what's going on but there is a kind of dramatic irony in that we know things that our heroes don't and to me that does a couple of things one is it just it undercuts a bit of the suspense because we know what they're going to discover and two and and this isn't the only thing that 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 causes this problem in the episode but but two it it kind of makes maybe unfairly but it kind of makes them seem one step behind because we know things that they don't so obviously you know they're having to do the work to discover it whereas we've just been given it if you turn that round and if you discovered things at the same time as them as a result of their investigative work then it would feel more like they were they 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 were breaking the ground mm. okay I don't know if that's a fair criticism because there's something else in the episode that, that I think make them look, well, Kolchak in particular looks stupid, but okay, well, I don't I, know whether you got any sense of that in, from this. I, obviously, it, it's very common for uh, a melodrama show to follow some of the ancillary characters and reveal plot pieces 
um, usually with an intent towards dramatic buildup. You know, it, yeah. it, it's more it's and more it dangerous work. if you know that the mafia bot Don is put out a contract on Barnaby Jones than for you to find out when Barnaby's driving the car and suddenly his brakes are out, right? You know, you, you have to see some of this stuff to set yeah. up. And I think they've done it as a red herring here because everything we see in the secret society makes them seem villainous when in fact they aren't. I mean, misguided perhaps, um, silly perhaps, but, you know, and and there's also the bit about, oh, you tried to sleep with her and she was pissed off and I know you were jealous and they, they throw those angles in there and none of it has anything to do with anything in the story uh, at all. But it does make it seem like Kolchak and Perry are investigating something that, that actually that Perry would have something to bite into, right? It, this is stuff that's not supernatural. That gives Perry something to work on, even though she's not privy to that information, as opposed to, you know, the Kolchak angle where they, sh- you know, again, show it's an actual vampire and then to the audience. So I, I, it didn't bother me that much, but I can see how it, in a way, it was narratively unnecessary. unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. And distracting. I guess. Because we were As never. Say, it's, it, there's a there's a fine line between the kind of red herrings that are deliberate distracted in order to throw you off and stuff that's just distracting in the sense that it detracts from the drama itself and i never thought that it was not supernatural i mean i i think i think you can't be fooled by that and in, in a show like this it's like it will be supernatural well yes right so and if if you know no matter what perry does no matter what clues she digs up no matter how much jealousy or uh, hatred or simmering simmering uh, potential anger <laughs> is beneath the bottle I, I, I mean i suppose it could play into the supernatural angle but we know in the end that it's not something as simple as he's killing us because she was you know gonna leave him or something it, it just yeah yeah although i you know to be honest i could have done with and i've i think i've complained about this last time as well in uh five people uh, what, yeah what, not meet in hell. Thingy, um is that I could do with a bit more simplicity in this show at this point. I'm enjoying the stuff where we're seeing the the, the characters give a little bit of insight into their who they are and, and, and what makes them tick. And we you know, we discover Perry may have been a member of a secret society and Kolchak has uh, egalitarian views considering them to be elitist and so forth. So mm. that to me those those moments are the highlights of the episodes. And it, it it doesn't need an overly complicated plot to carry that stuff. There seemed to me to be two or three. I mean, so because this, this could have gone, well, it seemed to me at the beginning, this could have gone a couple of ways. So it could have been a couple of different stories. One is it could have been basically the Avengers episode, The Fear Merchants from season mm. five, mm-hmm. where the plot and, you know, the Avengers make a, a decent episode out of just a story where people are being murdered by preying on their phobias Mm -hmm. and it's you know it's a it's a nice kind of slightly slightly wacky idea um and clearly part part, you know part of the initiation to the three society is finding out what what these things are so it would be possible for some 'er ne'er-do-well to use that information and just push it a bit further and so that's one way the story could have gone and that fits with the idea certainly for the with the first murder that that uh, she uh, dry drowned because the fear was so real to her 
that it fooled her body into thinking she actually was about to drown. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then, and then the, the kind of alternative hypothesis is the kind of general, it's some sort of uh, telekinesis or someone, someone with some kind of paranormal ability to kill people in a way that uses their fear you know not such a different idea but it has the the the, the paranormal element to it mm-hmm. and that could have been a decent story too you know you can imagine the x-files doing it even if they didn't which i can't remember <laughs> and then the, and then this episode in an attempt to kind of have its cake and eat it introduces this other idea based on rather late in the story this revelation about the the multiple murders that have happened in the house and that it it's it's kind of created um you know that whatever the fear has the fear has seeped into the house or something i don't know kind of stone tape style except it's not quite that because obviously once the the first murder has taken place somehow the fear can follow the the initiates or perhaps it's just the attached and to the initiator yeah i don't know i mean again there's a whole lot of unnecessary questions about this rather overly complex theory attached to this last minute rather <laughs> nasty and unpleasant um yeah history now. yeah so I, i'm gonna say um a couple things the the idea that it attached that this is the thing that bothers me you know, would it have stopped after it killed these four people? I don't know. I mean, we unleashed the fear. Jane's photos, and I really dislike that part of this story. Jane's photos of the face screaming whenever he took a picture of those particular people implies to me that the fear attached itself to them. We'll call it the fear for the basis of the story. But to all to all did, the people did, who did, were did, in the house at the time. So it divided itself up? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, it did, like. right. It's 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 a it's something that attached to them. Why it didn't kill them all at once, I don't know. It's another story. But um, you know, I, I, I that's how I get out of it, and that's the best I can do with that face thing that Jane's got the picture of, which I don't like. It, it, I don't think it's needed to the story, and I think it, it neither helps Kolchak nor uh, Perry in, in the end. And I also hate the line about I changed the CCD out in my camera. That is a hell of an operation. That is a hell of an operation. I just bought a new camera would be the correct answer there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you can pop them out. They come in. It's like changing the film. I put a new, put a new CCD in so it couldn't be the film. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like that part of it. Um, but I was going somewhere else with that. Oh, I, you're right. It comes late in the story. There's nothing that presage. Okay, there's just one little tiny thing that presages it. And you mentioned something about the pieces that we didn't that, that pay off. And I don't know if these are the same ones for you, but in looking through that first scene, when the girl shows up and the two guys show up behind her, of course they appear to be her friends. She appears yeah. to be meeting them there. This appears to be, and then instantly they're trying to kill her. And you, you just it throws you off balance there. It's like that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, there's a snake in that house. In a terrarium. Indeed. Which is, of course, Craig's fear. As is revealed later. when, you know, when he is crushed in crushed. his cell. Right. And there's, we don't see anything else in there that would be the fear of Jack because we now find out it's the house. So in a way, yeah. it does all 
kind of um, it. You know, they set it up, but that's not enough. Yeah. That's not that's not Chekhov's gun. That's not enough for you to come at the end of the story. And when Kolchak goes, aha, there were murders at the house. Well, it's not enough for you to go. Oh, I should have seen that clue. You know, it's. To, to me, because I, I, I did think that was really neat, the way that gradually through the episode, we obvious, obviously we know about the, the fear of drowning, and then we discover what the, the snakes were. Because they're, they're shot in that opening, you've got the candles and you've got the snakes, and it looks like some kind of occult thing. Yeah. And they're just accoutrements of that. And, and so your brain explains it away that way. But later you discover the snakes were there for a purpose. And at that point, it seems reasonable to be asking, okay, what was it that scared Jack? And so there is something missing, and you do, and you do discover that. The, the, that all seems very, very neat. But the criticism I've got of it, apart from the fact that you know we don't get any any clue about the the, the backstory of the house, is that when Kolchak actually does his research into it and does find out about the house, he jumps to the conclusion and explains to us, the audience, that the house has been chosen this year by the initiate because it has this scary history from several years in the past. And it's just, you know, all because it, you know, it happens to be a bit of a spooky location and they just went, oh, well, that would be, that, that would randomly be a good place to scare people. As opposed to some alternative hypothesis, such as the house has particular significance for one of the initiates, or the, or you know, it could be it could be for Professor Carr, but well, he's already in, so they don't need to. I don't think they need sure. to know his fear or anything like that. He's got his own two pals well, that we, scared the poo out of him. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I mean that's fine. It's just Kolchak hasn't done his homework. That's my issue. The 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 idea that that the house is just randomly. Uh, you know, w- as, uh, happens to be a, a convenient, scary location to conduct the the initiation, as opposed to the idea that it might have some particular significance for someone, either the person who chose the house as a location or that they chose it for one of the people. That seems to me to be choosing a less likely explanation over the one that actually fits. So when it fits very neatly at the end, yes, it seems to fit nicely with the rest of the story, but it seems to me that Kolchak has been stupid. And again, I, 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 I have a problem with that. I kind of would be stupid with him on that one. Um, you just go, oh, it, it, it definitely doesn't have any, uh, any connection or significance for any of the people who chose it. It's a they scary just, they were They were just going... Ooh, where can we hold the initiation this year? Let's just have a a look in the microfiche at the local library and find out where someone got murdered. I, well, I you know I don't I don't disagree that it's I don't disagree that it's um, you know it ties up neatly if you will at the end, but I don't know that you know the way that Kolchak came at that. Um, I, I don't. I don't feel that he was necessarily too stupid on it. Um, you know, he he finds out. Let's try the house. So he looks what resources he has, and ooh, there's a house that's been axed. Murderers at it. Aha! Did, you know, there's something going well, on here. But put, the put, fact that he doesn't put it another way. If Perry it to the kid, if, well, yeah. But if if Perry were the one doing that bit of investigation. With her more routine uh, criminal mind, if you like, she'd she'd follow something more like a police procedure, which would be don't believe in coincidences. Okay, and I'll Assume agree that there's going to be some kind of connection to something else in this case that we already know about. Okay, so let me let me I I, I will agree that Perry probably would have 
been thinking a little harder about that. Whereas Kolchak is predisposed to supernatural. So he may be predisposed to think actual haunted house. You know, that that's probably what his mind went to. Actual but haunted house. But it still leaves the question of why did they decide to have the initiation in it does. To be an actual haunted it house. does, but not knowing the workings of the secret society, he follows what's been put in front of him, which is this could be a haunted house. Uh, but but let me let me let me bring something else up then, because there is one thing in this episode that I absolutely love. I absolutely wish that we had had this in the original series, and that is this Vincenzo. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like. He, here is here is a, obviously a seasoned reporter. It's not his job to ferret out these stories. So he's not butting in on his reporters. He's letting them do their job. He's doing his job. But when one of them is having a tough time, you know, he comes over and has a seat on the desk and, and he talks with them about it, not shouts at them about how stupid their story is. And he, and he, and he gives them some insight on, on journalism, as, you know, as we see it in a TV show, about you know, when you start with certainty. Certainties, you'll end up with, with doubts. Doubts, which you know, is the whole Kolchak thing. It's like, ah, it's supernatural, and you run off on So it's extremely good advice for Kolchak, right? Yes. But yes. it's also, I will say this, it's also extremely good advice for Perry, who is in a role of it has to be it has to be mundane and i i realize that obviously we live in a world that's mundane but it's the same advice she's already come to it with her own preconceptions even if they are based on real world reality the same is true scientific Uh, truth and all that well even before she gets the evidence she just walks in and she says well you know you know this is this is you are filtering everything through your perception of the world and we can argue that as as I think you would probably self-characterize yourself as a skeptic, uh, as, I, as do I, that you would automatically dismiss supernatural, and that's, and that's fine. There are people who are not so, and they would not dismiss it, and they would be wrong in, in the real world, but you, still, facts, yeah. but you still do have to take into account that, A, Kolchak's not wrong, it is supernatural in this universe, and so coming to it with the with the presupposed notion that it has to be natural, is in fact wrong for, for Perry. And so she is guilty of the same thing Kolchak is, just from a different angle. Although they I'm both not sure need to she, learn that I'm lesson. not sure she is as certain as he is. She does seem more adaptable. She does seem... Right, and I like the character willing, of Perry. Willing to take stuff that he puts forward... As I, evidence, I like the fact value. that she puts the stuff that you know things that he puts forward. She doesn't shout at him like old Vincenzo would and say, "Get out of here with your crazy." You know, she doesn't ignore it. I like yeah, that she looks she for alternative hypotheses, but she she accepts the evidence even if she doesn't accept the conclusions that Kolchak wants to draw from them. I think that's one of the greatest strengths of this um, remake of the show is Perry is having her there like a Scully. Yeah, sorry to say, but you know we can't avoid well, yeah, that comparison. It, it is, it is, it is. But you know, but could, I just that, I, that could have been Miss Emily. Gosh, gosh, darn! I do like this Vincenzo. <laughs> I do, I do totally agree with. I totally agree with you. And although that it's it's a bit kind of um, telling stories with a moral, you know, you know, yeah. you know, he's going to sit down and he's going to come out with some piece of. Uh, the wisdom of the elders it's certainly much better than him yelling mm-hmm. it does reflect the the fact that the, the McGavin 
The McGavin Kolchak and the Oakland Vincenzo are, to some extent, peers. So Vincen Vincenzo's gone into management mm -hmm. and Kolchak clearly is not temperamentally suited to that. But he is a... <laughs> well, I, right. you know, I'm not trying to overstate it, but I think we can say that's definitely true. But he he is uh, he's a veteran reporter. He has uh, a lot of experience, even if he doesn't always make that obvious. And so he has a, a, a standing that is kind of on a par with Vincenzo. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that comes across at least in the fact that when Vincenzo gets very irritated with him, he doesn't kind of sack him or whatever Fire, yeah. <laughs> although to be honest i think regardless he ought to have but but there's something very different about this vincenzo and and this kolchak which is partly just down to seniority um yep. you know i don't just mean in terms of ra rank in the organization but in terms of age and experience because vincenzo is older and clearly Vin this vincenzo you know when young upstart in las vegas kolchak came along he saw something in him that he likes. Yeah, and maybe something of himself when he was younger, but he's now a few years further on from that. He's he's taken on a sort of fatherly um, or mentor-like position on yeah. him, and I think that's... I also point out that Vincenzo said he, when he started he was in Chicago. So we've now <laughs> name-checked Vegas and Chicago um, yeah. on, the, on the characters. Um, yeah, I also do want to point out there's another scene in here where Kolchak is... You know, presenting his stuff, Perry is there, Jane is there, Vincenzo is there, and they're talking about those, you know, all the different aspects of the case, and he points out to Perry, well, you can't explain these photos. And, you know, Perry admits that she can't, right? And Vincenzo is standing mm -hmm. right there, and his response to Kolchak is, neither can you. Yes. Which is exactly the right attitude it's yes. not i'm gonna dismiss this it's not get out of here <laughs> it's like it's yep it's there i can't deny that it's there but we don't know what it means right we don't have the evidence to show what it means and yeah. to me that just that just sums up what's so much better about this vincenzo than than the simon oakland vincenzo and and yeah uh, well absolutely i mean i just have so much confidence in him as an editor yes yeah, he actually seems competent, and and yeah. and so did Kolchak and Perry up to a point. You know, I mean, we've given that they're only doing this for three or four years each, so they're they're younger at the younger end of their career. Um, yeah, but but promising. Um, so while we're talking about uh, promising journalists, okay. what are your thoughts on Devon? <laughs> I have some notes on Devon here. Um, I thought this is a far cry difference from what we saw when Kolchak came up against a college reporter in uh, um, uh, the, the Succubus episode of, of the Night Stalker long ago. Um, he's, uh, <laughs> well, my comment here is, really? A journo major was potentially up for the Three Society? <laughs> 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 that, that was probably my Ow. biggest... 
that was my biggest thing. It's like, that is one hell of an ego on that guy. Either he really is that good, that he is close enough that he might make it, or he's really that arrogant. And maybe both. <laughs> so, you know, his comments about, you know, well, you know, I'd like a job at the Beacon, put in my dues before I get a job at something better like the Times. Uh, he, he Did he get the story right? I don't, you know, because they were pissed off that they got scooped by him. But did they really get scooped by him? I mean, he got the wrong answer, too. Although he did know about them arresting somebody in the case before either of our journalists knew. Yes. I don't know how that happened, but there is one thing I, I, I note. They never saw or talked to police in this episode. I noted at all. that. <laughs> I noted that. And I it I don't see I don't see why. Uh, I mean we do, it's not only they don't talk to police, we don't see Mm-mm. any police. And yet Craig gets arrested, which is a significant element in the story, and it's not as if we're only following who Kolchak and Perry talk to, because we've already seen the significant uh, scenes that take place between the initiates. So wouldn't mm-hmm. it be significant if one of the initiates is arrested? Wouldn't we see that? Mm-hmm. But it just jumps to us seeing him straight in custody. So that did strike me as being slightly odd. Yes. So so what did you think of the journalist? What were your I, I mean, I, I, f- I did find the character kind of undercooked, um, I part I, I part part of me was thinking this is kind of lazy, l- lazy kind of um, poking poking uh, fun at a character or a or a character who's just there for I mean I don't ob- object to pricking the guy's arrogance because he's clearly a bit of a prick, but the character the the character only seems to be there for that purpose. Um, mm-hmm. and, he gives and, them some and, clues that they didn't have. Yeah, and then he and then, but but they also have to have, which I guess is you know because they have a limit on the cast. They also have to have him have this friendship with Jack that enables him to to be the one who supplies these bits of information. And I guess we have got a we. Vincenzo, who we've just lauded for not only um, being rather competent, but actually being apparently quite a nice guy. And our heroes, who are relatively likable, even Kolchak doesn't seem to be that awful. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this is some kind of balance, I don't know, because it's not unheard of for journalists to be a bit arrogant. <laughs> no. Actually, but o- o- overall, I did. I mean, I actually preferred the the take on the the student journalist in the McGavin Kolchak episode, where the 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 student journal is actually rather good, and Kolchak is actually rather mean. But she's also comes off as inexperienced or not confident. Not that, confident. Yes. Not confident because she's she's a journo student. She's not this yeah. arrogant jerk that this guy is in this yes. episode. And, uh, you and know he's something? a seasoned reporter. If he hadn't been friends with Jack, he would have been better off. Because then if he had found out these little bits of information that only someone close to Jack should know, 
it would have been, hey, I'm good. Right? It yeah. would have demonstrated yeah. that he actually had some competence at what he was doing and not yeah. just having an inside story on this uh, angle. So that was... Um, that was really the, you know, I thought he was going to play a bigger part in the story when they started out. I did. I did too. Except and I was quite ready to be, when they need a clue. Yeah, I was quite ready to f to find him extremely annoying. And I would have done if he'd been in it anymore. Um, let's see. Um, all right, I'm going to throw one out there. You know, you mentioned Miss Emily could have been in this. And I think we mentioned this last time or the time before, but I will mention it this time. When they made this series, ABC only had the rights to the movies. And so, yes. therefore, they only have the rights to the characters that were in the movies, which would include Vincenzo and Kolchak and not Ron Updike, Miss Emily, um, the, 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 the girl who I can't think of, the intern that I can't think of their name, uh, any of that. But most importantly, and the one that I feel the deepest deepest in my soul in this episode is that we couldn't have the character of Gordy the Ghoul <laughs> and that they had to make up this other guy that they couldn't even call him Gordon I mean if they just if they just called him Gordon instead of Alex I'd have been like nice nice call back there to Gordy the Ghoul but no no I that hurts me <laughs> hurts me deeply I was like oh please be Gordy no doggone it um <laughs> But he is. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's fulfilling that role. Although they had a couple of people fulfilling those roles in the original series. So, you know, this one, we'll see. I don't remember if he comes back or not. So, um, it'd be the police detective of the week. Instead, it'll be the uh, morgue attendant of the week kind of thing. I, I, I don't know. Um, the The whole secret society stuff... I, you know, I totally get, I totally get Perry's, you know, I, I, I can't tell you about that when Kolchak queries her about her secret society, because I, I understand it. That's what I have to tell people when they ask me if I'm a member of a secret <laughs> society. I, I can't tell you about that. Um, That's what I tell people when they ask whether I'm an international spy. Exactly. I can't tell you. It's like, <laughs> it's more than my job's worth. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> Um, but what I'm, what I'm curious about here is how small are these? Well, okay, this one obviously is a very small society. Only three people a year. Obviously, if that's been going on a long time, you could be cranking up quite a lot of people in this secret society. Are they, are they pledged to just those three of them? Because that's kind of the way it implies that, you know, those three are going to be together for their whole lives, working to help each other, as opposed to now we're throwing you in this big pile of other people who, honestly, you don't even know because we wouldn't let you know until you're a member of the society who they are. Uh, it turns out, you know, like the Freemasons. You don't know who's a Freemason until you're in the Freemasons uh, or you spot them giving yeah. one of the secret handshakes to one another. And um, I... I it, it just felt, because they had focused on the three people, and they even called it three, it just didn't feel like a credible secret society to me, and that's a, a sentence that I never thought I would say <laughs> <laughs> in, in my life. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you do, you do wonder, clearly there's, there is perhaps 
since the initiation went wrong, there is perhaps a reason why none of the initiates would meet anyone else in the society. But you except, do wonder why... their faculty advisor. <laughs> well, yeah, why hasn't, why hasn't Carr gone and reported to anyone else in the society what's happened? You know, perhaps why, he did. Why they don't have the... Or perhaps he, perhaps he did, I don't know. But um, it feels like something, given that we do see... Again, a, a bit like not seeing the arrest. It feels like there's something going on. We've seen bits of it, but we're not being shown other bits of it. Um, I mean, clearly, if you wanted to have the arrest shown, you'd need to have a couple more actors to play the cops. And mm -hmm. if you wanted to have Carr going to someone else in the society, that's another actor too. So, you know, the budget mounts up. I don't, I don't think that American TV shows are quite as constrained, at least at that level, the number of people they can throw out there. I'm not saying you can have a thousand, but it doesn't feel like a hugely overcrowded cast at this point. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that. It just it is kind of weird. And also, again, maybe I'm drawing things out here. Those three are supposed to be the best and the brightest at that university. The best and the brightest. Really? Secret Society? fear a fear thing i i would i would expect well, hang on the, they're the best and the brightest who are of those people who have the oh. slightest interest in being members of a secret society okay i suppose that's a possibility and we don't know how good the university is yeah i suppose that's that's a valid thing i would think that the best and the brightest would look at that and go well oh we're going to take me to a haunted house they're going to try to drown me f that <laughs> yeah which is you know? why you're left with what you got yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. You know, I can't picture Kolchak doing that, even if he weren't, if he were the best and the brightest. I'm saying well, that that's, he is. That's but because he thinks secret societies are elitist. Funny how a small elite organization <laughs> for itself could be seen as elitist, I suppose, in a, in a way, yeah. <laughs> um I wonder if they'll explore that with Perry. I mean, if she's... We'll find out about the society she belongs to. If she is indeed a member of a society and not pulling his leg by just going, I can't tell you about that. But if indeed she is a member of a secret society, then did she get her job at the Beacon because of strings being pulled? Mm -hmm. Did, you know, will we see any, you know, will she have sources somewhere in the police or the government or somewhere that she can get to that Kolchak cannot? I would think that would be the next logical consequence yeah. of this uh, so-called revelation. We haven't seen any evidence of it yet. I doubt we'll see any. They just made it up this week. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, for me, anyway. Um, oh, I do. Um, before I click this off on my list. You know, part of that red herring aspect of them throwing stuff out for, for Kolchak to follow or Perry to follow is the the horns of death. Yes. You know, the, the anointed oil stuff on the window, the picture that Kolchak had looks eh, looks like the horns of death, but it could look like three circles uh, if you if you knew that. I, I kind of wonder if secret societies do have their own logo and and indeed people who weren't in the secret society would know what that logo was, like Perry in this case. Oh, that's the, uh, the secret society at this universe. Maybe all the secret societies um, share notes so that they don't infringe one another. <laughs> <laughs> so Perry knows that hers is like five blocks and was like, okay, well, that's fine. The three three circles is over there. Uh, I, I just, you know... Well, the Freemasons have a... Thingy, don't they? 
the Freemasons aren't quite as secret a society as... as well, what's the point of a secret society that no one knows about? I, exactly. Exactly. That's that's what the well, everybody knows about the Illuminati too. So I go think. Um, it's it's the it's the ghost thing in the end. I, I I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but if I had been, is it a ghost? Is it the house? Is it the the unleash of the fear? I didn't. I mean, it's the kid's face, which would imply that it's the ghost of the kid. And and maybe I don't understand ghosts since they don't exist. But maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, now then, start with certainties, and you'll end up with doubt. Exactly. <laughs> but if I were a ghost and I'd been scared to death, I just, I just can't picture myself deciding that what I want to do in this world is scare people to death. Or, or if he had, that it would have been the girl. But, 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 Col- but Kolchak's explanation of it, albeit when he's getting it wrong, is that it is the fear itself, right? Not the spirit. One of the boys phased then. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But, you know, so, so imagine from a, from a justice standpoint, if you will, if we can come up to that, <laughs> we can come to that phrase. Two guys take a girl into a house where these brutal murders were killed. And I don't know, maybe they've already done the snake thing for Craig. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. I don't know. But they're drowning the girl. They're drowning her enough to scare her by, and to hurt her, to bruise her as part of this process. And enough for her to escape and run away. Except she knows that this is a fake out. She knows it's a fake out. It's part of the initiation ritual. Except she must know. It's, that doesn't affect the fear she feels. What she wants to avoid is, is having that experience continue. Even though she knows it, she's, yes. she's not. She's not frightened of of dying as such. She's frightened of the experience of drowning. Um, but but where I was getting to this, with, with it, how how she respects to it is is one thing. It's those two guys. It's Jack and Craig that are inflicting it upon her. Mm-hmm. I would think they would be the victims of the fear, not the girl first. Yeah, you know, it, it seems to me like they're the ones that unleashed it, not her. Yeah, uh, and, and that that you know, from a standpoint of fair play in the universe, fear would go after them or the boss, who was the one that initiated it. Said, "Here's what you got to go do," or something. But I, I, but the fact that it killed her first, just like, and then why will it? Why would it stop? Would it stop? Would burning the house down at the end? Will Kolchak be arrested for arson? I mean, it's not like he was sneaking away from that house that he just set on fire. <laughs> no, but that, but to me, that both the. Having the the narration at the beginning, even if it's a bit less factual than old school Kolchak, but but having that there, and then having him take some direct action like burning something down. I mean, even if he's not driving a stake through something, it's still old school Kolchak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the argument is the house is the entity that needs to be yes killed. So let's let's destroy let's destroy an entity. Let's destroy some evidence. Yeah. Needed to be done. we got to stop this from ever happening again at this house. I'm just amazed that somebody didn't fix it up and, and sell it. And if they had done that, how well would this have worked for their initiation? Would they have had to rent the house from somebody to say, hey, we'd like you, you know, like people do when they're making pornos. They, they go to some yeah. rich person's house and we say, like, we'd like to rent your patio for a few hours. You just leave town for a while and, you know, we'll give you a big chunk of change. Um <laughs> It's like same thing. We're having an initiation society meeting. Could we just use your house where this brutal murder occurred for a while? Again, it's a bit of a red herring, you know, to make the house into a quote unquote creepy haunted house in the middle of uh, Los Angeles. I don't know. um, I don't know that I have anything else. 
I kind of like the episode. I, I, I didn't dislike the episode. It's, I like bits of it. It's definitely better. It's definitely better. And, um, you know, I'm definitely liking the build-up between Kolchak and, and Perry, which I certainly hope does not turn romantic. Um, but um, and I think they, they make a good team. I think Kolchak needed that from day one. Yeah. Uh, and, and in hindsight, we can see that after the X-Files occurred. It's like, oh, yes, there we go. <laughs> That's what a crazy guy like that needs. He needs a sane person to give him some... <laughs> To give him some balance. I think, I think yeah. that's what we need, not just shouting. Um, have you got anything else uh, about the episode? No, that's it for me. All right. Well, in that case, um, I guess I don't remember what the next one is. Uh, uh, Malum? I think Malum. That might be the name of the next episode. Simon, thank you for joining me. It's my pleasure, as always. And listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedback at fusionpatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf.